June 9, 2019. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
for Pedro Show. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, see Brother Matt Thursday. 
but I'm not man alone. Here my pan Pedro, because uh, due to those engineering miracle workers in Estonia with their Skype software, I got Sophia Bolt with me uh, via Skype at, uh, from Atwater Village. Welcome aboard, mm -hmm. Sophia. Thanks, Mike. Okay. <laughs> we start off the show with dear old Stockholm, John Coltrane with Miles Davis, and then Sophia Bolt with Waves in uh, Van Dyke Parks. Uh, yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. But first, I want to get into your journey through music. What 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 is your oldest musical recollection, Sophie? Mm. Well, I was, my mom was visiting me last week, and we spoke about this. She was an opera singer, and she would take me on tour with her when, she, when I was small. And I remember watching a rehearsal, and I think it was for a a Wagner opera where she had to kill a man <laughs> <laughs> and the conductor like stopped the rehearsal and was like I think this child should leave the room you probably don't want your child watching you murder someone on stage and so yeah I remember hanging out at kind of a musical recollection <laughs> yeah I mean you know like watching rehearsals but it was a lot of classical music. no but you so you grew up with music in the house your ma's a singer yeah. I mean the voice was there other instruments in the pad, or was it she just singer? Just yeah, singer, piano. Oh piano. wow! So was there a piano in the pad where you grew up? There sure was. Yep. Did were you uh, uh, coaxed to take lessons? I was, and I hated it. Okay, so it was a negative experience. <laughs> it was a negative. My mom told me last week she was like, "I like blessed you the day when you said you wanted to stop, and I I wasn't gonna encourage you to keep going on." You know, we've had a lot of people on the show, yeah. and I get, I think the negative ones outweigh the positive ones, but a, a lot of it seems is the teacher. Yeah, they, I had a, a, like, a, my teacher, he terrified me, and he, once it was my, it was my birthday, I had a lesson on my birthday, and I was so terrified that he played Happy Birthday on the piano for me, and I didn't recognize it, <laughs> I was so terrified. Right, right. And he was like... Uh, you know what that is, right? And I was, and I said, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, was I supposed to learn this? He's like, it's a happy birthday. It's your birthday. Like, oh, yeah, thank you. But that's how freaked out he had you in a state. Yeah. Oh man. Terrible. So, I know some people we've had on the show. Uh, they almost wanted to quit music because of such a bad experience. Uh, but uh, they came back uh, either on another instrument or, or even piano, but much later on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, what about at school? Uh -huh. uh, well, how were you schooled traveling around with your mom? Were you homeschooled? No, I went to school in Paris in France. Um, oh. I would just like meet her, I guess, on vacation. And when but I was but, but, but how, what, what, uh, what is school like in France with music? Do they have, uh, is it supported? Oh, no, it sucks. There's nothing. There's, like, one hour a week, but you're, like, 50 kids in a room. Um, awesome. Yeah, there's, there's no music. Also, there's no choir, no, like, marching band or... No, nothing. Wow. That's why you don't know much music that comes from France, do you? Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, Daft Punk, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic music. No, for sure. Daft Punk, Air. They haven't had a record in a while, though. But yeah. No, but there's stuff that comes out. But I, I'm just curious. You know, here they've cut back on a lot of uh, music and arts in the schools, too. So yeah. that's why I asked that question. So you had nothing. In, well, what about after school? Did you meet, uh, do music stuff with, like, friends? You know, the, be- yeah. the bedroom band, the be- uh, garage or basement band? Well, no garages because I grew up in Paris. So oh yeah, but, you know but, what they do have those those little courtyards. <laughs> yeah, my neighbors would have been really happy to play in the courtyard. No, um, I did like I got uh, an electric guitar when I was thirteen, and I, I got really into it. How did that happen? Did you ask for it? Yeah, well, my uncle, my he's French and he's a musician. And he he gave I asked for it I asked for it and so he gave me like an old like electric guitar he had like a like a Japanese uh, fake Strat or something and um, with this tiny little amp and I became obsessed and I did start a band when I was like fifteen. Wow! Did so, you take lessons on this guitar or did your uncle show you stuff? I like learned on my own and then I did take lessons with this jazz guitarist for a year but that's all okay. that was really great learning learning music through jazz is yeah. such a great way to learn because you're immediately improvising like you're immediately creating you know the, the teacher would give me a scale to learn yeah for the lesson and then I'd come in and he'd just he'd play the chords and I and he'd be like hey well you know improvise with that scale and I think it's so cool to give kids um like make them feel empowered that even with like three notes you can create yeah because the other way is like oh show me how to play that song off that record and you're you end up copying people right which is good too i guess yeah maybe to build up chops but this idea you because know, down the road you're going to have to end up composing anyway right <laughs> i mean if you want to use uh music for expression sure. like that so okay do you remember his name to give him some credit <laughs> Oh man, that's okay. Oh. Did the, what was this band called that you made at school? Uh, we didn't have a name. Okay, did you do any gigs? We played like at the talent show. Like the school had a talent school a show. Talent show, yeah. Did you win? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> was it scary? No, I remember just loving being on stage, like feeling like a rock star. Was it your first time in front of people playing? Yeah, I I had been in like a church choir when I was little. Ah, yeah, that's another place where music, the church. Yeah, and that. In was fact, really- a lot of rock and roll comes out of church uh, in the old days. Yeah, I think it's because a uh, more emotional, you know, spiritual kind of thing. So, so you sang yeah. in the choir at school at church, huh? Yeah, my mom put me there. It was like this American church in Paris, oh. and uh, so there was like a kids' choir. And I, I mean, I really liked singing. It was really cool. I didn't like church, but I liked um, I liked the music. The and, singing, yeah, because it's like yeah, I was it saying. was like spiritual. I'm not religious, but no, but the idea of letting go. Uh, yeah, I could see how it could like cross over to rock and roll because oh, yeah. you know Little Richard and Elvis and all those people. They learned how to sing in church. Aretha later on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I meant. More yeah. just kind of the situation. Uh, uh, what happened to that band? When, when school was done, the band was over? 
Yeah. Like I moved to Montreal when I was 17 to go to college and it was all over. Yeah. But there's strong uh, music scene in Montreal. Yeah. Montreal was really cool. Like, cause Paris was so like musically dead. Um, when I got to Montreal, it was 2005, like Arcade Fire had put out their first record. Um, <laughs> There's that whole scene around, uh, it used to be a like a Spanish cultural center, Pollo. Uh, it's yeah, a, it's the uh, Godspeed the Black Popolo. Emperor people. Yeah, Casa del Popolo. That's it, Casa del Popolo. Yeah, I played some of my, my first shows there in Montreal. It was a special place. I think it's still around. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got to do some gigs there too. It's uh, okay. when those when those guys they got some success. They 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 still built a home thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then yeah, later on the Arcade Fire and those uh, uh, bands like that. So okay, you what happened there? You got you know what? I want to play a song first. Okay. I want to play Get Out of My Head.
For Pedro show, you know, yeah, get out of my head, Sophia Bolt. After that, uh, brand new from Fifth Swamp, Paper Mice out of Chicago with Big Blank, Dan Jones out of Kansas City with Jeevan and the Gates Dawn, Hi Fi Club from Toulon, France, in the south. Oh, wow, yeah, Navy Town, huh? uh, Hi Fi Club, Wild Wild Torrance, uh, guy by voices, that's Dayton, Ohio, of course, Enough of Never at the End, my. Rignetta, puzzle piece number one. Hope you'll stay, Lauren. And finally, Red Party out of Chicago, brand new. Boye Kata Otis. Yeah, my sober Croatia not so good, I'm so sorry. Uh, so so you're 17 years old, you're just out of high school in Paris, and you moved to Montreal. So uh, uh, did you find the French a little different? 
Tabernacle! Tabernacle! Yeah. I love I love them, but they didn't love me. They they have this, you know, they they they're weary of the French because the French are so mean and make fun of them. Yeah, right. Because yeah, the kind of old fashioned okay. yeah, yeah pronunciation yeah. and stuff. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Do you I, notice it when you're there? Well, they tell me the Paris kind of accent is pointy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more broad. Even in France, outside of Paris, a little more broad. But but the thing is, with the Quebecois, they're using like two, three hundred year old stuff. I know. I know. Like the. Uh, a car is still car- called a, a shah, which is like a, a chariot. Chariot. <laughs> like, hey, honey, you got the keys to the chariot? chariot. Right. <laughs> so, you know what? The main the main goal is to communicate, but there's, there's a little variety. That's okay. So, I, hey, I don't want to hey, I hope they don't take, if you hear me and you're in Quebec, I love Quebecois yeah. more than French people. So, yeah. Let's, yeah. Okay, no problem with it. <laughs> Uh, I remember uh, Minuteman, first time in uh, the, uh, Quebec, we, we got played Quebec City. and oh, wow. Yeah, like there was no English. So this is the early 80s. Uh-huh. We still had a good time. Uh-huh. It was a good time, yeah. Uh, so you're 17, you got, uh, did you bring your guitar with you? I did, and I'm still playing the same guitar. Oh, wow, that's yeah. great. <laughs> so you brought it to SoCal too, okay. Yeah, at yeah, Water Village. Like so, so you got your, but probably not the amp. No, no, no. Yeah. Just my guitar, like two suitcases. No. Was, yeah, I think it was even like in 2005. Oh yeah, I didn't have like a laptop. I got, I got a, my first laptop when I got to Montreal. Wow. Okay. Uh, but uh, we were talking off air, people, about Montreal developed a really happening scene, and yeah. and so you get there in 2005, 17 years old. You start playing with people right away? Not really. It took a little time, but um, but I, I did. Like, I started doing backing vocals for this one band. And I started writing music. Like, with my la- my first laptop, I got GarageBand. Okay, yeah, it comes and free I, right on. Yeah, and so that's when I started. I had always been writing songs since I was, like, 12 or something. But I um, I started, you know composing and writing on my computer and stuff so now how did, how did you get the backup singing uh connect my friend was like a hip-hop artist and he had, i don't know oh i did like some talent shows at, at the school and i guess they saw me and they asked me but i i wanted to be a guitar player ah so you were going to a school you went to college, Montreal? Yeah, I went to college, but I didn't study music. I studied political science. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I the studied, same thing. <laughs> I, I studied Asian, East Asian political science, so I spent a year in Hong Kong after. Wow, okay. It was like studying Chinese politics. Yeah, that must be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, so you went away for a year, but you come back and... Uh, you don't want to really be a backup singer. You want to be a guitar player and, and, and yeah, sing the songs you write, right? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I didn't really, I, 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 like, I was fighting against wanting to be a musician until, actually, until I moved to L.A., like, two years ago is when I really decided, like, this is what I want to do. But I had already, always been a little, I don't know, like, scared to, to 
fully do it or something. So, so, so Montreal was kind of conflicted. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was studying politics and. Then what made uh, you think of SoCal? Well, I I went surfing in the south of France, and I really loved it. And um, I had always been listening to you know American music a lot growing up, and I came to LA because my stepbrother lives here, and he got married like four years ago. So I came for a summer, and I just felt right at home. I felt really good. And I had an American passport. Like I have both a French and an American passport, but I had never lived in America. Okay. So I thought like, I just felt a strong um, connection and it, it just now, it made sense. So. There's not a lot of surfing in Atwater Village. No, I know. I live way too far. <laughs> Takes me like an hour to get to the beach. Yeah, I was going to say with the but, traffic, even though yeah. it might be only ten or fifteen miles, it's still like. I uh, know it takes me sometimes. It takes me an hour and a half to get there. Yeah, it's pe- people don't know. I mean, you fly over, you think it's one big town, but it's a nightmare. Uh, it's for like dinner. a country. Yeah. it's like Luxembourg. It's the size of Luxembourg. It's crazy. Well, you you live right by the water. You're right, I'm in the harbor, San Pedro, and so. Yeah. But this ain't the best surfing parts. So it's probably better in. Huntington Beach, or more north like uh, Malibu or Venice. Yeah, Malibu. yeah, yeah, and that's more north up where you are anyway. <laughs> For yeah. you to come to Pedro, oh man! <laughs> but you know, we got a little bit. It depends on the weather sometimes, but more regular is HB and uh, Boo and Venice. Yeah, those are. Yeah. So, but do do you have your own board? Do you do a lot? Yeah, I have. I have my own board. Um, I try to go out as much as possible, but I was just on tour, and you know, it's like real life takes takes over. And sure, like, sure, sure, sure. Uh, middle nineties, I helped out these guys called Porno for Pyro, and uh-huh. Perry and Peter and Perkins. Perk, not so much, but Peter and Perry, they love surfing. And in okay. fact, one of the songs we did, part of it was like, you know, when Perry teaches you a song, he don't show you the chords. He tells you the story. So mm-hmm. the first part of the song was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Peter, the guitar man, uh, tells God, here, you can take my life if you save my father from this cancer. And mm-hmm. then the second part, we're surfing. He says, Mike, there's a big ass wave and there's a shark, but you're going to be a hard charger. So, <laughs> so, and it ended up being the title song of the album, Good God's oh, Urge. Wow. Yeah, but so even though I got really terrible knees, I kayak all the time because that's like oh, waist cool. up. But oh, I can't really surf because I got terrible uh, knees like that. But you know, anything with the uh, the ocean or nature, actually, there's rhythms involved. Oh, yeah. So it's that amazing. I can see that translate to music easy. Yeah, well, I mean that my this whole record is inspired by when I got here and I would just surf all the time. Like it's called waves. Yeah, I right, right. Lot, I learned a lot. Like my life became, I got stronger in my life thanks to surfing and being in the water and like watch observing the ocean and waves and stuff. Yeah, you kind of have to learn patience too. You can't tell Absolutely. the ocean when to bring a wave. Absolutely. You just have to be in control of your board and yourself. And be ready when the time comes, right? Exactly. It's such a beautiful lesson for life. I mean, if you can live your life like that, then, you know, that's 
That's amazing. So That's you my think, goal, but it's so in a way, uh, being at the beach on your board is like a classroom. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. I've got a lot of musician friends who do surfing. Yeah. It, there is a trippy kind of connect with it, and I kind of a little bit know, but with the kayak, it's nothing like that, but mm-hmm. a little bit because, like I said, you're not in control. You have to learn patience, and then you got to be ready to go when it's the time. Right. Do you kayak in the ocean? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, wow. In the harbor here, right? I'm my own little engine room, but uh, it's all from the waist up because your legs just sit there for a couple hours. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and in fact, when you get back in, it's hard to stand up because they kind of fall asleep. Oh, now, have you ever written songs out while you're surfing? Um, you know what? That's so annoying because I do, but then I forget them. I always like come up with something, and I'm like, I'm not gonna forget. I'm not gonna forget. And then a wave, and that's so interesting too, because then a wave comes, and and when you're surfing, you for, like your your mind goes blank. It's like meditation. You can't think of anything else, but. Well, moment. that moment, right? You're focused on that moment. Right. And then, of course, I forgot the song. <laughs> so what you would need is like a little recorder there on your arm or something where you could get it in before you have to deal yeah. with the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, but that, that would kill the point of being out in the ocean. Right, right. In the world. And, and like I once, I spoke to my friend who's a musician, and he said that whenever, I know it's a good song because I, I don't need to write it down, like, when I write a good song, I remember it. Ah, it comes back. It comes back. Yeah, that's never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, me either. Mind like <laughs> going to that vortex somewhere very far away yeah. <laughs> and like forever gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's terrible sometimes. But I mean, do you ever dream of writing amazing songs? Uh, in your dreams? Yeah, I have, and then I forgot it once I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing, though, our power of our unconscious to dream up, you know, beautiful things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, one of the things I do, a device, is like a title. So something has an anchor. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I, yeah, maybe I can save a scrap of it for, you know, down the road somewhere. The best thing is the base of my hand, though, with the recording thing on <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 9, 2019, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Sophie Bolt. Hold tight for hour two. June 9, 2019, is the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
The moon is full, the smoke in the air. There's a fire right over there. The city is losing control.
A hippie yippie jug band named Tommy Teardrop and the Casualettes play a song that goes something like this when they open for Jerry Rubin at an SDS rally. Fate? There's nowhere you can be except where you are. I was never not going to be anywhere but here. Almost saved Round numbers and close shades Stone stole from a hair away Got your horseshoes and hang your nails 
like being just a little bit pregnant. Almost so close. And in other news today, we got almost so close. That ball is going, going, go. Foul. Almost so close. Don't count for
For Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Losing Control by Sophia Bolt. You want to say something about that too? Uh, yeah, I wrote that when it was there were those fires 
in L.A. in December 2017. Yeah, they were really bad. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. really bad. That was really bad. The, I remember that image of, like, the Getty Center sign. Sure. Supposed yeah. to pass. It was I, terrifying, but it was just a song about how you can try to control yourself and, you know, your environment, but actually, in the end, you have no control. So, <laughs> try, <laughs> so try to just, you know, be in the moment and find balance. In fact, that it. fucking, fu it jumped the freeway. It jumped I-405. Yeah, it did, the 405, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's in, in, so intense because everything was so dry, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so so you get to SoCal and you're living with your stepbrother. No, no, I wasn't. Oh, not no, living. I, I, uh, yeah. Well, somehow he was a connect so you could be here, right? Yeah, I mean, he... You he, went to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I went to the wedding. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to think that you were an anchor baby. <laughs> SoCal anchor <laughs> baby. I'm, I'm trying to think. No, I mean, I, go ahead. I uh, I just moved here. Like, I guess I I was a little scared because I moved here for no real reason. You know, I I quit my job in Paris. I broke up from a long relationship, and I was just hadn't my idea was to go to L.A. and surf and play music. Well, there's there's an idea, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know, but which can sound terrifying to like your family. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Well, I was going to ask you now, what you do? Did you like put an ad in the recycler or Craigslist? I mean, how'd you plug in, uh, get involved with other musicians and stuff? I, it all happened quite naturally, which which I I feel very grateful to LA for. I feel like the music community here is very open and and really welcomed me and. I would go to shows um, like at the Bootleg and Zebulon and stuff, and sure. you know, little by little, you just kind of like meet people, and they yeah. introduce you to people. And uh, I mean, I was I was just super positive, and all I wanted to do was listen great music and be inspired and play with other people, and and it kind of worked naturally. So, uh, but I did feel really inspired. I was very inspired by. The music scene here. Did you notice when you met people at the clubs and stuff that a lot work of those people aren't from here? It's kind of like Brooklyn, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and they're uh, especially musicians, right? They're try, uh, from another town or something. They're yeah. they're trying to break in, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and you found a lot of a warmness. That that's great. That's great to hear because sometimes I I hear this other story that's scary, <laughs> where people aren't nice and it's uh, so competitive. Oh, so well. Yeah, people kicking people oh. down to the curb or something. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, we started off with uh, Losing Control, then we heard The Healers with Cut and Bleed, uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades from Chris Butler out of Akron, Joe Biza, old friend here in, from Wilmington, guitar man, uh, duet with Felix Gebhard, uh, Inner God Vita. I remember that. That was a, our buff, butterflies. Song, right? And now from South London with Thoughts Again, and finally... Interlude number one, Sophia Bolt from this uh, new record, and uh, yeah, let's well, let's play uh, London 2009, and then we'll talk about the new. Record.
or through the trees
place to sit. He swore he was a prophet, though he did not know what that meant. He once made a home in Jericho, but was cast out long ago. He notified the gods and begged, please tell me what you know. And they said, for Pedro show yeah London 2009 Sophia Bolt Spain Ray of Light that's uh, Charlie Hayden's uh, crane take me with you <clears throat> and then a project crane was with uh, the late great Richard Derrick 
another umbrella open party. The fiction with Jericho, uh, great cat, uh, Josh, we lost in Long Beach. And finally, interlude number two, Sophia Bolt. So we, I was saying off air, when I see a title with a, a location and a date, it seems kind of biographical. <laughs> so this uh, London 2009? Yep. You want to speak I was to in it? London 2009. <laughs> okay. True. And you got a tune out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I wrote 10 years later, but, you know. Sure, um, sure. I mean, some people, they, hey, why? I don't want to talk about that song because that's why I wrote it. So yeah, you don't have to give an explanation, <laughs> Sophia, if you don't want. Um, yeah, we just, what's funny is that we, um, we tried to recreate a bar scene in the studio control room that you hear in the intro. Uh, we were just kind of like, we, there was a, the, a vocal mic in the control room, so we just kind of drank wine and had a party. And that's what you hear in the intro. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Where did you do the record? At uh, the Revival Complex Studios in um, L.A. And it's like right by Santa Monica. It was sure. in Fire Studio. Sure. I, I think I practiced there with Porno for Pyros by oh, I-405 cool. and I-10. Wow. Cool. Yeah, exactly. It's right by the 405. It's been there many years. I think nice. there was a couple rooms there The tons of poses people rented out for like forever. Yeah, I think it's been through... A few uh, different eras. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire created it. Right, there right. Two, there are two big rooms, basically. God, that's a great bass man, Verdeen White. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah right, right. I, I know Neil like, Young. A lot, a lot of people recorded there and also practice, get ready for tours, uh, do videos. A big space. Yeah. Uh, but now there's like a like a like a South American TV production company that shares the building, and they have a, there's a film set, so they do like TV novellas in the in the building. Really all right, cool. right, when okay. We like go on break. We'd like run into the cast and stuff. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. That, that's too much. But you yeah. know, things changed, right? Because the whatever you call it, the industry, and yeah. So why not team up with? Oh yeah. But so so, how long did it take you to do the record? We made it in uh, in five days, like recorded and mixed. Um, most of the songs we recorded in three days, and then we did all we did like eight of them in three days, and then the one with Van Dyke it took a whole day because we had string players come. Sure, sure. And then it just took one day to mix the record, so I made it in five days. And uh, so. Nothing was written in the studio. You had everything prepared. Yeah, I had everything super prepared because I was producing it myself and like I had a limited budget. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but my friend Itai, who's the head engineer at the studio, he like gave me a deal, so that was really cool. And yeah, met, you know the the musicians that play on the record are amazing and so professional. We just rehearsed like twice before, and then but we we improvised the interludes and. Like some of the song intro and outros are all improvised. Now like the music people, I, I, these are people you met when you came to SoCal, yeah. right? Exactly. It, yeah. Nobody's from the old days. Everybody's brand new. Everyone's brand new. Like the bass player Brian, I I work with him at a bar in Echo Park. Uh huh. Uh, Marianne, she's an amazing drummer. I saw her play and I asked her if she would um, play on the record. 
and then Emily who plays the guitar I met a little later on and she agreed to play so yeah it was just you know people I met and were really open and motivated which would never happen in France like okay. ever <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to get down on France <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> because I, I I do some no musicians over there and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I can see what you mean. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm curious. Uh, you said you practiced twice. Yeah, yeah. So one of the practices, you it had to be you teaching them the songs, right? Well, I had done demos, and I said, ah, oh, demos okay, okay, yeah. So they're they're so professional that they, you know, they, they went and learned. They they, they made up parts. parts. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's so bitching when you got people inspired like that, you know, that you ain't yeah. got to pull around. Isn't it something to play with people that are, like, inspired? It's amazing. You don't have it was to. such a great experience. Yeah. You know, I think, like a lot of things, humans can take stuff for granted. So when you have people that are really motivated, it's the best gift in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we're and at the end. It has nothing to do with money. It's just... Music yeah, love, a, right? A Music desire love. and a passion. Right. They're, they're bit by the bug. We're at the end yeah. of the second hour, June 9, 2019. The Dish Peter Show. Special guest, Sophia Bolt. Hold tight for hour three. June 9, 2019. It's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show. It's been one.
lot for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with Sophia Bolt doing Ojai. You want to enlighten us to that Ojai? Yeah, I just I like would go up to Ojai when I was writing the record um, to these hot springs that oh. are so they're so beautiful. They're in the mountains, um, and it was about when you're like in such a beautiful place, but your mind is occupied by something. Yep. And you can't you can't enjoy the moment. And it was just about trying to yeah, trying to enjoy the moment as much as possible, but um that's not always easy. Yeah, because there's all this other thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like do. trick your yeah, you you gotta trick yourself into like having a fucking good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least relax. This is the most beautiful place in the world, and I can't enjoy it. It's still t- yeah. about something. Yeah, well, somebody once told me, you know, wherever you go, that's where you are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Title yeah. of my next record. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you go, that's where you are. <laughs> and then we had Step Back from the Coat Hangers, uh, National Debt, 1037, and Midwestern Medicine, Ecstatic question and psycho from Telomere Repair. Uh, so, what about uh, the band now? It's time to do gigs, right? Yeah, I just went on a one month tour in Europe. I played solo though because of budget, and I was supporting this Australian band, Stella Donnelly. Oh. Um, it was really a great tour. I actually. I was alone. I just like traveled with them, and um, you played so guitar pretty, and sang. Sorry, played guitar and sang. Yeah, and I was using this loop pedal, so I could like solo on on um, each song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just like, I would like loop things live though. I'd never have pre-recorded loops, so I'll like play a chord progression and then solo on top of it. What about your voice? My voice, I don't use any effects. Because my buddy Petra, she, she she'll make loops with her voice yeah. and end up singing like making a choir. Yeah, I love that, but like I can't, I had to choose. It's impo- It's like so complicated already to do it with one <laughs> instrument. Imagine trying to loop my guitar and my voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me so, with pedals yeah. is so. I try to use pedals with my bass for oh. one album. Yeah, my second opera. And I couldn't turn them on and off at the right time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like if dancing. If you fuck up, you're like, you fuck the song. Like, yeah, you can't, absolutely. No... <laughs> the shame is but, very enormous. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, but I love, I'm obsessed with harmonies. Like, I am annoying. Like, whenever I hear music on the radio, I'm like always harmonizing. Um, so I'd love to do that pedal, but I think it would get out of control. <laughs> okay. So, but that was uh, just for that tour overseas. The constraints of the sitch. Yeah. And, yeah. But now with the, uh, and what do you guys? Uh, you just play under Sophia Bolt. Yeah, that's right. So the the Boltsters are <laughs> <laughs> the Boltsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going to join you now on what? Like local? Do you have a, a U.S. tour plan? Yeah, well, we're we're booking it right now, so probably in the fall, and it'll be with um, the drummer and the bass player, so we'll do a trio. Um, we're doing one show in L.A., the release show on July 15th at Zebulon with uh, Van Dyke Parks is going to play with us. Wow. Um, 
and and then for now that's all but things are definitely being planned so i should announce them soon probably with the record launch you know uh um, well we should tell people where they can find you on the internet do you get you got your own website yeah uh, my own website sophiabolt.com but you know facebook um is good yeah, yeah. I mean, you put your, you can tack up your flyers on those other telephone poles, but you got your own fans. <laughs> That's s o f i a b o l t dot com. That's right. Yeah. So people go there, and you can check out Instant Ham and Shitter and Fake Look and you no know, stuff. But you can always go to this. In fact, uh, this is probably where you should put uh, U uh, URL for this uh, interview we're doing here. You know, yeah. you're talking about Van Dyke Parks and and. Because you got another version of Waves. I want to play the, the other version, the one without yeah. him, without yeah. the strings. Yeah. This is more like when you do it at gigs, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's listen. Waves are full, they come and go, they come and go Let time pass, take a step back Love comes and goes, it comes and goes Harder, softer, all that power Cycles nature, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger Swept your 
For Pedro show, uh, waves from uh, Sophia Bow at the end of the his vision, Maggot Piper from Bumble Pluto Ova. I think those are uh, Filipino guys. Uh, Henry Kaiser with Eugene Chadbourne, Professor Huge, uh, Skipper Sedley, Funhouse, that's uh, Groove Crater Method, Big Bear up there, Edit Two, and finally Closing Time from Sophia Bow. And uh, Sophia's got a good story about Van Dyke's Park and Waves. Yeah. Uh, so I was playing my first show in L.A. at the Echo solo, and Van Dyke was there, and so I was playing Waves. I had just written it, and he came up to me after and said, I love it. Like, I want to make an arrangement for you. And so he's like, send me it. You know, send it to me. I was like, well, I, have, I don't have anything. And so just record it on your computer. So I, like, made a, you know, in my room, a, my acoustic guitar sang on it live and uh, sent it to him and he like gets he sees amazing he gets so passionate that literally the next i hear from him he's already written the arrangement based on the demo which i didn't use a click on so, so tempo's like, tempo all over it's totally <laughs> all over the place like 
<laughs> like a like, old Bob Dylan song. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we're insane, like insanely changing. But it was too late. He had already written like a twelve-part arrangement on this 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 demo with this changing tempo. Stravinsky. <laughs> yeah. So when you hear this song, it like you know it slows down and it like speeds up randomly, and and it was so crazy recording that. Like the strings were just. The string players were were so pissed. I, yeah, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine it's not easy uh, task. I, I, I'm thinking about Van Dyke's Parks and maybe not so much a gig goer. Why was he there? Just out on the town. I so I like right before I moved from Paris. I like was at a New Year's Eve party and played some guitar, and one of Van Dyke's friends was there. Okay. And he told me he he like may had done some artwork for his records, and he told me when you go to L.A. call this guy, and he like wrote down his name, and I didn't actually know who he was, and I got you know when you get to a new place you actually do call all the people, sure. <laughs> you make an effort. <laughs> so I called him up, and he he was like you know he took me out to lunch, and then a few months later I invited him to my show, and he came and. And yeah, and we hang out, and he's a great guy. We we get along really well. So. Okay, so he was at the gig on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he wrote the some of the words to "Sail on Sailor," shit, right? For wait, what's that? Uh, John Sloop. Some some stuff with Brian Wilson oh. for the Pet Sounds. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you had no idea. Well, you know what? Then he probably you know. You probably appeared very genuine, like you weren't on the make, you know. I mean, you were looking yeah. for connects, but you weren't looking to work him no. or, or play him. No, I know? wasn't. I think yeah. that's maybe the key. Like, that's why I met so many people is that I really was trying to keep it chill. Like, I, I didn't want to – I just – I don't know. I wanted to be in the moment and not – yeah, just have genuine experiences so maybe people could feel that. Um, that's that's yeah. great advice, you know, because I was going to ask you uh, – do you have uh, music people that are younger than you come up to you? Did you, they ever ask for advice? What kind of advice would you give a younger person trying to get into this? Yeah, on tour, a lot of people came up to me, like younger musicians. And yeah. my advice is just like, I feel so angry that I wasted so many years in France, like not, not doing it. And my advice is just like play and put stuff out. And it's so ephemeral anyway, like things, you know, are, published every day and and just keep writing and keep don't wait like don't wait for someone to come like pick you up and and like and help you just do things on your own and do them for the right reason really do them just because you're you're having a fun or you want to express something like it's such a hard industry that you really have to constantly remind yourself why you're doing it and that and I think the only way way you should do it is because it comes from a passionate place that's good stuff yeah. and uh, it's, it sounds like you've been living it <laughs> they're not just talk you know what I mean yeah. and I think people need to hear that because they, it's one reason why I have people talk about their music journey because I think people think there's only a couple ways to do this but you do have to push yeah for sure yeah, you have yeah. to work really hard and touring is so hard. There's like nothing glamorous about it. It's, it's. I mean, it's so rewarding to play every night. But the everything else, those twenty three other hours of the day, <laughs> are are like really 
not that like it's better to be home you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just about to do my 67th one if you call me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. anyway sophia it's been such an honor to have you aboard thank you so much thank you so much Mike. and when you come out with your next record let's talk again please Absolutely. Okay. And please come to come to our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's been the June 9, two thousand nineteen edition. Walk Peter Show. People, keep your powder dry. <laughs>